being overly focused on the problem is to be stuck in the past, and nothing new can come from the past. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Comfort Zone, the podcast that redefines personal and professional development, guiding you through change the easy way, so that you can live your best life. And my name is Adam Kowalik. In my experience, the number one problem for people having a problem is that they are too focused on their problem. So much thought goes into the thinking of their problem, and. Often, this makes the problem disproportionately bigger than it actually is. In normal fashion, I recently had a conversation that got me thinking about this phenomenon: how easy it can be to be problem-oriented instead of solution-oriented, and how ineffective and insufferable such an orientation can be. I've done my fair share of problem orientation. I often share how I built a career on looking for problems and shooting down ideas when I was working in the different senior leadership teams of my corporate career. My then critically attuned and problem scanning mind had been trained to almost perfection to spot threats and dangers before there ever was any, and honestly, it often never materialized. My Fast operating brain was put to good use to evaluate risk and foresee costly consequences, and what you water will grow. And so my proneness to focus on problems grew and strengthened. While I was succeeding at my career, I felt like I was failing at living my life. I was pessimistic. Skeptical and generally unhappy most of the time, and had few pleasures in life. In some way, I am convinced that this was partially due to my conditioned, problem-oriented outlook. I would seldom let myself enjoy something without looking for the risk or the threat that could ruin the moment, which, to no surprise, would often be the very reason for the moment being ruined. If you met me today. I am sure you'd be hard pressed to see the pessimistic individual that I once was. Instead, I find myself most always looking at things from a positive perspective, trying to see the best in people and situations, believing that things have a way of figuring themselves out. In short, things changed. Part of the change has been to be less problem-oriented and instead be more solution-oriented. This is not simply positive thinking in play; it's the reconditioning of the mind's habitual thinking and feeling patterns. Martin Seligman, a psychologist and a professor at the University of Pennsylvania, known for his work on optimism, has shown countless evidence. For the possibility of learned optimism, and pioneering researcher and author Carol Dweck has shown in her work in the field of motivation, personality, and development psychology that we indeed can develop our abilities and intelligences through a growth mindset. And I often say, anyone can change, and everyone can be happy, even you. I am pointing all this out to make the case for change. 
that it is possible to shift one's outlook and in so doing perhaps even one's life. When you change how you see the world, your whole world changes. For this conversation, I will mainly focus on interpersonal relationship problems, situations where we have to deal with other people. When you focus on the problems, you risk getting stuck in what was. Stuck reporting on things, rather than being the creator of or the contributor to change. Tony Robbins often say, where focus goes, energy flows. And in my experience, when you focus on the problem that resides with someone else, they get more concerned about defending and justifying themselves. More energy is spent on arguing and debating right and wrong, and you risk getting stuck in a solutionless state, entertaining personal and subjective opinions. Whenever someone gets their defences up, it becomes that much harder to make progress towards resolving the issue at hand. Every force has an equal and opposite reaction. You push, they push. And there's no solution to be seen on the horizon. Of course, there's nothing wrong with being aware of what seems to be the problem. And once you've identified the challenge, you want to shift your focus on the solution. What I've discovered helps with getting to the solution the quickest is for each party to become aware of what they need in order for things to be okay again. Too often, when there's a conflict, the central part of that is the listing of problems, wrongdoings and blame. And for all the above reasons, this won't speed up the solving of the problem. But when you know what it is that you need yourself to feel okay about this situation, you at least have a clear and somewhat objective request or goal. I say objective because rather than expressing a series of personal feelings and subjective evaluations or assumptions, when you can express the need you have and the request you want to make for it to be met, the other party now has something to take under consideration. That's not the case when emotions are running high and wild accusations and judgments are thrown around. So, if you are in a problematic situation relating to someone else, stop and connect to what the need is that you want to meet for things to feel right about the world again. Once you know what you need, you can try and request it from the other party. Requesting is not the same as telling, demanding or ordering. Instead, it's done with a sense of mutual respect and with the possibility of the other party denying the request. Like, if you ask your partner to bring a glass of water and he says no, and you go, bring me a glass of water, I always help you when you need it, then you weren't really asking, were you? You were demanding. Whenever there's a demand, people only have two options to react, by complying or by rebelling, and neither are very conducive to sustainable and mutual solutions, or relationships for that matter. Complying can lead to a feeling of unfairness, injustice and resentment. Rebelling can lead to, well, conflict, fighting and breakdown. When you focus on what you need and find a way to request that, 
you are allowing the energy to be spent on finding a solution. So instead of locking the other party's focus on the problem, they are now locked onto a dance of discovering a way forward. Being overly focused on the problem is to be stuck in the past. And nothing new can come from the past. Shifting focus onto the solution helps things move forward from the only place it can, this present moment. So there I was, having that conversation that I said reminded me about the problem-solution orientation, when the person I was speaking to was getting ready to take on a large institution, feeling upset and disappointed, they were about to move into action and let the institution know their frustration and criticism. And during the conversation, I gently suggested that perhaps clarifying and connecting with what they needed for things to be okay again and bring that up would help more. A funny thing happens sometimes when you connect with what your actual need is. Sometimes you become aware that the actual need is a bit unrealistic and possibly even a bit absurd. You notice this only once you get clear on what you want and speak it out loud. And you realise that there is simply no way that if I bring this up as a request that the other party will agree to this. I'm not saying that your needs shouldn't be met. I'm saying that when you focus too much on the problem, it can become bigger than it is. And so the potential solution becomes an impossible ask. Shifting to solution orientation will help you come up with more and more ways to meet your needs. And you become like flowing water in a stream around black, hard rocks. You simply flow around them. When you identify and clarify what you need for things to be good again, compared to how things are in the present moment, you identify the gap between where things are and where you'd like things to be. The gap is much easier for both you and the other party to address, factually, objectively, and even neutrally. So ask yourself, what do I need right now for things to be okay again? And how do I create it? Who do I need to involve? Whom can I ask for help from? I just launched the brand new Insider Community, a place for all of us insiders to connect, support and learn how to live our best lives with more ease, peace and joy. It's a place where you get access to free resources to better handle change the easy way. You will have fellow insiders to network with, weekly accountability support, helping you build habits and progress towards what you want. And every week I go live to answer your questions on topics like this one that we talked about on the podcast. It becomes a place for us to continue the conversation and for you to practice what you learn, all the while having like-minded people cheering you on and celebrating your progress. You can join for free by visiting insider.adamkowalek.com. That is insider.adam, K-A-W-A-L-E-C. And the link can be found in the show notes. I hope to see you in the Insider community and to get to know you better. Thanks for listening to Inside the Comfort Zone with me, Adam Kowalik, and I'll be back next week with another regular episode. If you like the show, please follow and rate it on Spotify. And if you have a friend who you think should hear what we spoke about today, 
please share it with them. The best way to get the episode as soon as possible is to subscribe to Inside the Comfort Zone via Spotify or whatever podcast app you like to use. Check out some of the previous episodes by visiting insidethecomfort.zone. Visit the website insidethecomfort.zone or click the link in the show notes for a chance to send me your questions and feedback as a voice message. And with your permission, if it's valuable for our listeners, your content might be featured in an upcoming episode. Inside the Comfort Zone was brought to you by Adam Kowalik, life coach, speaker and author on a mission to redefine personal and professional development. Thank you for being you and please keep it up. Talk more soon.